My name is John Koshi, and I'm one of the house church leaders at Ventress House Church. Uh, as some of you may be aware, during this Lent season, we'll be joining many other churches across Hong Kong uh, in reading through the Book of Luke. Uh, and this is an initiative across Hong Kong using the, the One app. So if you're following along in the One app, there's a daily devotional, there's, a, there's daily prayer um, in, in the app there, and we'll have all of various house church leaders will be leading EMP um, throughout the Lent period. It's my pleasure to lead today um, as it marks the beginning of Lent. Uh, so let, let's, um, let me just begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this, this day, Lord. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. We thank you that we can come together, Lord, to, to seek your face, Lord, and to, to, um, to worship you, Lord, and to, to pray and to, and to look into your word, Lord, to, for inspiration, for guidance, for wisdom and to understand you more and draw nearer to you. I just pray that you'll anoint uh, my words this morning, Lord, and I pray that for my brothers and sisters here, Lord, I pray for soft, fertile hearts, Lord, that you would, you would speak to them, Lord, through the words that I speak, Lord. I just commit this time to you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So today, this morning, we'll be going through, I'll be speaking... Um, reading through Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 38. Uh, I'll be reading from the NASB version. Since many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting to me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in an orderly sequence, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And yet they had no child because Elizabeth was infertile and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. Now an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great. In the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, 
How will I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is in, in advanced in her years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which were fulfilled at their proper time, which will be fulfilled at their proper time. And meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he repeatedly made sides to them and remained speechless. When the days of his priestly service were concluded, he went back home. Now after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among people. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. But Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth herself was conceived, has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the Lord's bondservant, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So perhaps uh, just to set the scene, I thought it might be helpful to recap just um, on a couple of facts about Luke. Firstly, his vocation. We know that Luke was a physician. Um, he was therefore an educated man and he had an, he had an attention to detail and was very, had a very logical approach about him. And I think that comes through as we read through the, the book of Luke. It's, a very, it's, it's set out in a very logical way. Uh, it's a very, it has a lot of detail and, he, he, and that really comes across, I think, in verse 3 and 4 of the, the passage I've just read where it says, where he writes, It seemed fitting to me as well having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in an orderly sequence, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. I think another uh, relevant fact about Luke was that he was not, he was not a Jew. So uh, the, I think the consensus is he was, a, he was a Gentile, and that makes him one of the only, the only writer in the Bible who is not, was not Jewish. And I think that's important as well because when we, we look at Luke, the, the Gospel of Luke, it's addressed to Theophilus, 
who uh, we also understand was a was not a Jew. He was a he was a he was a Gentile, and Luke is essentially bringing the gospel message to to someone who is seeking to understand more about Jesus, and it really paved the way for the gospel to be spread beyond beyond the Jewish people to the rest of the world, um, including to places as far away as Hong Kong. Now, in looking at the the passage, uh, it it focuses on two very important prophecies. The first is the prophecy of the birth of John the Baptist. We're told that John will be a forerunner for Jesus to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The second prophecy is is really the main event. It's the reason we're all sitting here today, two, some 2,000 years later. It's the prophecy of the birth of our Savior, Jesus. To unpack this a little bit further, I found it helpful to, to kind of compare and contrast the, the, uh, the response of both Zechariah and Mary when they are, as they encounter Gabriel. Let's look at um, Ze- Zechariah first. So Gabriel tries to calm down Zechariah because Zechariah is perhaps understandably rather startled to see an angel. Uh, in verse 12 we read, Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall name him John. So Gabriel, uh, the angel Gabriel gets to the point immediately here. He reassures Zechariah that there's nothing to be afraid of and more importantly that Zechariah's prayers have been answered. We read in the passage that um, Zechariah and uh, that Elizabeth rather is infertile and both she and Zechariah are not not young, they're not spring chickens, so the likelihood of her having a uh, being able to conceive and have a child is is extremely remote um, and and in fact not possible. And this I think is interesting because it reminds us back of the story of Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament, where uh, we remember that God gave Abraham a promise that he would have a son, he would be the father of many nations, and Abraham and Sarah had to wait many many years before Sarah was blessed with Isaac. And there was a period of, of, of waiting, of, of their faith being tested. And I, and I feel that's very similar. That's a similar parallel for Zechariah and Elizabeth here. However, instead of abounding joy, Zechariah's response in verse 18 is to seek some further assurance from Gabriel. How will I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in her years. At this point, Gabriel decides it's time to formally introduce himself. And in verse 19, he says, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. This reminded me a a, a little bit of Exodus chapter 3 and the recounting of Moses and the burning bush, where God is speaking to Moses and God's calling Moses forth to, to go and set the people free. Um, and notwithstanding that Moses is dialoguing with God, there's a lot of doubt and he seeks reassurance. And it's the same with Zechariah. And I think there's maybe a tendency for us, we can sit back very comfortably here and think, how on earth could anyone question Gabriel? If, if, an, if Gabriel, the, the messenger of God, appeared before us, surely we would just uh, take that as a, as a confirmation of, our, of the prayers we've, we've petitioned God with. 
And all the more for Zechariah, because we're told here he's a priest. So he's someone familiar with the law. He's someone who has prayed earnestly. We're told he's kept the commandments. Yet even for him, uh, there's, a, there's a bit of uncertainty. There's some, he seeks some reassurance. And I felt this is something that um, we often all can wrestle with, where sometimes we're almost too afraid to believe, and the fear of disappointment can take, take hold. In a worldly sense, Zechariah and Elizabeth's predicament seemed hopeless. There was no realistic reason for them to expect that Elizabeth would be able to conceive. I think when we've been praying for things that over a very long period of time, we can become discouraged and we can feel as though perhaps God's not hearing our prayer. Perhaps, we, um, uh, perhaps it's, it's, it's not meant to be. And that can be in all areas of life. You might be praying for a breakthrough in your workplace, uh, restoration of a relationship with a family member or a friend. Uh, you may be praying for a, a healing miracle for a, for a loved one. And I think that over time we can, our hearts can become perhaps a little bit hardened and we, we don't feel as though God's hearing us. For Elizabeth at this time, she was infertile and that attracts, a, at, at that particular time in history, that attracted a very significant stigma. It's, it's a stigma that still exists today, but it would have been much more pronounced in, in those times. So I, I felt this, this passage and the, the prophecy of, of, the, of the, the birth of John the Baptist is an encouragement to us because it spurs us on, because it's a clear example of God having God hearing our prayers, but also answering it, but in his time, not ours. Zechariah's and Elizabeth's faithfulness was rewarded with a son, who in verse 15, we're told, would be great in the sight of the Lord. John the Baptist is the fulfillment of prophecy from the Old Testament. For example, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. John, and indeed Jesus said of John the Baptist, that among those born of women, there there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. That's Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. So for while, while they may have felt their prayers were not um, answered for that, that period of, that lengthy period where, where Elizabeth was infertile, God really answered their prayer in just a tremendous, miraculous way. And not only that, they, they played a role in shaping John, John the Baptist and his life and his role in preparing the way for Jesus. Now turning to, to Mary and the prophecy concerning the birth of Jesus. Like Zechariah, we see that Mary is also fearful of Gabriel. Verse 30 says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Gabriel then, as he did with Zechariah, explains to Mary how God will bless her. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Luke therefore leaves us with no doubt as to Jesus' identity, that Jesus is the Son of God. You remember that the the book of Luke is addressed to uh, Theophilus. So Theophilus being a Gentile who is trying to understand more about Jesus, he's curious about the faith and the way. And Luke is setting out in a very logical, categorical way, who, who Jesus is by calling on on scripture on the on the prophecies of um, uh, in respect of John the Baptist and then the the foretelling of Jesus 
At this point, Mary has to raise the obvious question, just like Zechariah, namely pointing out the impossibility of what Gabriel was saying in verse 34 and 35. But Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's important, I think, um, again, to remember the wider societal context here where a woman having a child out of wedlock is a, is, is a, a massive social taboo and, and carries with it an, an intense stigma. So it would have been something very uh, shameful to endure and the prospect of that would have been, might have made Mary feel very uncomfortable. But Gabriel reassures her and tells her also that her cousin will bear a son. And in verse 37 and 38, it reads, For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the Lord's bondservant. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The fact that God would send his son into the world as a living sacrifice for the sin of the world is almost too good to be true. It, it's, it feels like something impossible, that God would, God would look down at the earth and see all the sinful, the sin of man and say, I will, I will take that sin away from you and in exchange you, I will offer up a living sacrifice, my own, my own son. It's too good to be true. It seems too good to be true. It also seems impossible. But I think the, the thing that just I was reminded of in reading this passage from Luke today is that nothing will be impossible with God. And the, the perfect example of that is Jesus. Sending Jesus into a fallen world to a being born of a virgin, just a simple a, a baby, sending a baby into the world to bear the sin of all of us, even today, 2,000 years later, is, is, the, is the impossible made possible with God. So as we move into a time of worship, I felt we should just spend a few minutes, a few moments, just to reflect on instances in our life where God has answered our prayer, where perhaps we've been praying and, and seeking um, earnestly praying for something, and over after a period of time, God has answered that. And I, I just felt reminded to give thanks for that because the, I, th- I feel that those periods where we go through, where our faith is tested, and God then answers us, answers us it's ultimately so much more fulfilling and rewarding for us, and, and it helps us to see that God is still, still moving, still working, even in those periods when we feel we're in a valley. And we look at the examples from the passage today of Elizabeth and Zechariah, um, the fact that Elizabeth was infertile for such a long period of time. They were earnestly praying. They were keeping the commands. And I'm sure at various points they were very dissatisfied. But God answered their prayer in such a stunning and miraculous way. And it altered the course of history. They, their faithfulness was, was answered by God. And then Mary, of course, the, her faithfulness to accept, um, to accept what Gabriel was telling her and the role that she the role that she plays in in, in facilitating Jesus being born and, and, and coming into the earth. So let's um just spend a few moments to to reflect and give thanks to to God for the, the times when he's answered some of those those long um, 
yearning prayers that we have. Also, if there's prayers on your heart, to um, if there's something you're also wrestling with right now, just encourage you to offer that up to God and to, to I just pray that you'd be encouraged by the, the scripture today, that nothing is impossible with God. Let's take a few moments.
Okay, as we、um, move into a time of prayer, I'll just begin by reading the intercessory prayer from the One App. Dear Heavenly Father, we are your people, and you are our God. We rejoice that you have called us to be one church with one faith and one Lord. We pray for our cities, our churches, and our people. As we begin this one journey together, join us in unity of spirit and purpose. May our hearts be turned to your word, your leading, and may our lives reflect your glory. We pray for cities and nations around the world who are joining our campaign. We especially we especially pray for brothers and sisters who are under persecution or where it is difficult to be open with their faith. Join our hearts together with the love we share in you, Lord. Give us renewed passion for Vision 2033. And seeing the word of God translated into every language on the planet, we pray for those working on the translation, and the work of faith comes by hearing. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So let's lift up those in our, our brothers and sisters, and those in our community who are going through chemo, radiation,、uh, radiation therapy, and surgery.、Um, we've just read that. Impossible is nothing for God, and let's just、um, let's just pray in belief, in faith, that we may have been praying for many, many, for for a long period of time for breakthroughs for our brothers and sisters. But、I、just want to encourage us to to really press in now. Let's lift up those who are suffering from illness and those、uh, in need of salvation.、Um, we know that God can God can heal the, heal the physical, but for our for those loved ones who have not yet found salvation, I know we're all pressing in for them. So let's believe let's believe for that now as well. Lift up those、uh, dearly suffering from infirmities. Let's pray that God would, God would bring about restoration, would bring about healing, and 
and just peace um, to, to take away the stress, the, the anxiety, the doubt. lift up those in our community who are looking for um, seeking employment let's pray that the the door the right doors would open to them they wouldn't be discouraged um, and that they that God would touch them during this time this time which may feel like being in a valley like where there is a period of unanswered prayer just pray for for God's uh, God's hand to be upon our, our brothers and sisters at this time Let's lift up our um, mission focus, um, SP Beijing, SP Shanghai. Um, let's really intercede for them. Um, we, for, for just P. Ricky especially, let's um, just remember him and his family and just ask for God's covering over, over that body at this time. Let's lift up our, our board. Um, let's pray for, for wisdom for the board, that um, God would also stretch the time of the board members. They, they carry a lot of responsibility. They, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of demands on their time. So let's just pray for that God would give them insight, make the work feel simpler, and, and that he would just guide them in everything they do. Let's lift up our fellowships, the young adults ministry, men's ministry, and women's ministry. Let's pray for uh, just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on these ministries, um, that, that um, the leaders there would, would 
would just have a, a presence of the Holy Spirit in everything they do, that the, our, our members, our brothers and sisters would plug into these ministries and support them. Let's lift up our hospitality ministry, the welcoming team, uh, and the coffee ministry and logistics. Um, I think we can we can thank God that we're able to meet in person again, and the barista's back. It's a it's an answer to prayer for many, I'm sure. But let's just thank Him and and bless the bless the team who who give and and do such a wonderful job welcoming people into our into our house. Let's lift up our sisters in the in the body who are going through pregnancies, um, Rachel, Jessica, Catherine, and others. Um, it's particularly relevant given the scripture today. the the birth of a The birth of a baby is such a blessing. It's it's always a miracle, and let's just pray that the Holy Spirit, in the same way it was in John the Baptist, would be upon these unborn children in these mothers. Bless them and bless their bless the families. lift up um, the house churches that are meeting, uh, Chady, Fortress, Happy East Valley, Gia, Kings Court, and TST. Let's pray that they will have um, fruitful meetings, that the, the Holy Spirit will be present, and that um, people's schedules will ease up so that the maximum amount of people can, can attend. Let's lift up those house churches. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time this morning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all my, for my brothers and sisters who are here. I just pray that the, the word, the scripture we've read from Luke, Lord, would, would 
just burn in our hearts, Lord, that we would never lose sight of the the impossible miracle, Lord, that you did by sending your son Jesus, Lord. We're eternally grateful. And we just pray that as we go about our day, Lord, that um, we wouldn't be discouraged by the things we see around us, Lord, for if there's unanswered prayer in our life, Lord, if there's um, things we're still pressing in for, I just pray that this the passage from Luke today would remind us, Lord, to, to stay on course, to stay faithful, Lord, because we know that you are always faithful, Lord. We know we, 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 have, a, we have a promise, Lord, of eternity with you, Lord, and we, we just thank you for that. I just commit this day to you. I bless each of my brothers and sisters here. Bless their day, Lord, in, in school, in work, um, and all the other things that we have to do. I just pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us, anoint us. I pray all these things in, in Jesus' precious name.